Today's episode, Josh and I are going to cover the ever-so-finally-exciting NBA trade deadline, the buyouts of some of the biggest teams, as well as trivia. Next. Welcome back to today's episode of the Two Pointers Podcast. I'm Trevor. And I'm Josh. And we are glad to have you back. Uh, if you're new here, uh, I'm Trevor. Like I said, this is Josh. And we cover the NBA and college basketball. Uh, two dudes just talking about basketball and having a good time. Uh, we're going to first run through, like I mentioned at the top, we're going to run through the NBA trade deadline, uh, which for the first time in our semi-young life that has been actually been exciting. I can't remember one and put a year to it. And I'm going to run through some of the highlights of the trades really quickly, or just most of the ones that actually matter. There was a lot, but I'm going to run through the ones that matter. And I'm going to just ask Josh and pick his brain, see what we think, uh, talk through that, and we'll see what happens. Uh, first one at the top here, these are in no particular order of any timetable. Uh, obviously, there was just too much going on. My Twitter notifications blowing up by Shams and Woj. Shout out to both of them. We've got Nuggets and Magic. you got Denver acquiring Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark. Uh, Orlando acquiring RJ Hampton, Gary Harrison, a first-round pick. Uh, that one's going to be probably the main talking point of most big media right now because the Nuggets are a playoff contender. Otherwise, uh, you've got Victor Oladipo to Miami uh, and, and a swap for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and a first-round swap. Uh, Clippers get Rajon Rondo. Atlanta gets Lou Will. <clears throat> a lot of big moves here, like I said. Uh, this is almost so much to keep up with. Uh, Chicago, another big one, gets uh, Vucevic. And our fruit Camino, Orlando gets out of Porter, Wendell Carter for two first round picks and gets a lot worse, in my opinion. Raptors Blazers, uh, Toronto gets Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. Portland gets Norman Powell. That one is going to be slept on. Norman Powell's a beast. Celtics Magic, Boston gets Evan Fournier. Gets a little bit of a good bench diff there. Uh, Orlando gets Jeff Teague and, and basically a high five. Uh, 76ers, Knicks. This one actually doesn't matter. Thunders, Knicks. Austin Rivers goes to OKC. George Hill goes to Philadelphia. Actually, that does matter. And New York uh, gets turned to Ferguson. And between the time it happened and the time we record on Monday, he has been waived. Uh, Pelicans, Mavs. Dallas uh, gets a good three-point shooter in J.J. Redick. New Orleans gets James Johnson and a bunch of crap. Uh, Nuggets, Cavs. JaVale goes to Denver, back to where he came from originally. And Cleveland gets Isaiah Hartenstein and some picks. Uh, that one doesn't matter. That one doesn't matter. Uh, and lastly, Bulls, Celtics. I think this one matters in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Mo Wagner goes to Boston in exchange for Daniel Tice. Why? I have no idea. Josh, that was a lot. Let's recap. What is the one that you think has the biggest playoff implication? I think that matters first. I mean, I don't want to be too typical with it from what you said at the start, but my original thought was Aaron Gordon going to Denver makes a crowded West more crowded. So I think prior to that trade, I saw the Western Conference as kind of a four-team race. You had Utah, Phoenix, and then both teams from L.A. And after the Aaron Gordon trade, I think that the West is now a five-team race with the Denver Nuggets. And if I'm a Lakers fan like you, I'm terrified by the fact that right now the Lakers would play the Nuggets in the first round. I'm terrified regardless because I always thought the Nuggets were really good. Jokic is impossible to stop no matter who you put on him. Davis or not, and Jamal Murray decides to just show up in the playoffs and decide to be like the second coming of Michael Jordan, like he did last year. Granted, that was in the bubble. We'll see if he can repeat that. I'm scared regardless because obviously LeBron's out for four to six weeks as recording this. It's the first full week of the injury. 
I'm scared anyway with LeBron being out and Davis probably just intentionally being out into the playoffs. So yeah, no, I, this, this one's huge because Aaron Gordon, I always thought he was a great player. Yeah, I will highlight this just off the top because I don't, I don't want to forget because uh, this trade includes two of the three Garys that were traded today. I'm going to throw out an NBA fun fact. I don't do that enough on this podcast. Uh, all three players named Gary were traded today or not today. I feel, I feel like we were recording this on the day of we're traded at the trade deadline. Gary Clark uh, was sent to Denver. Gary Harris, ironically enough, was sent to Orlando. And I'm forgetting a Gary. Gary Trent was sent to Toronto. We know for a fact Funny. those are the only Garys in the NBA. Yes, because it was okay. on NBA Twitter. And I believe everything <laughs> I see on NBA Twitter. It reminds 100%. me of back before, before Indiana cut TJ Leaf this offseason. They had all three NBA TJs. That was awesome. I did see that as well. The other cool fact I will say, because this trade probably won't get talked by us at probably another second, I, I would say. The Raptors-Blazers trade, uh, Gary Trent Jr. got traded on his 41st game in his third NBA season to Toronto from Portland. Gary Trent Sr. did the same thing. Yeah, I love the NBA and its history. I'm just going to say that. It's amazing, and I think it's always crazy how stuff works out like that. It's just wild to see. But Norman Powell is a really big pickup for the Blazers on a completely different tangent here. He's he's going to be, I think, really huge for them if they're going to get hot at the right time. They're they're going to be another that that fifth or sixth team that you mentioned at the top there. I think we're disrespecting Portland by leaving them out. They're getting healthy at the right time and they're really, really hot right now. Powell's going to be playing really well, I think. And he's going to be a big contributor for that. Yeah, no, I think that's a I mean, I think it's a good deal on both sides because I also think Gary Trent Jr. is a really good player. Um, he's an incredible score for a guy that was a second round pick who's really um, showed out in Portland and was uh, the third option, um, stepped up as a third option uh, towards the end of last season and when Nurkic got hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it'd be interesting for Portland, for me to think Portland's a contender, I'm just going to need to see more consistency long-term from them, but yeah. What you got next? What you want to cover? I've got one, but I think you know it's coming eventually. It's it's impending that we cover this. Let's, because I'm figuring that you're talking about covering Oladipo, but let's go down the magic blowing it up road first, and then wrap around to that. Okay, I'm so down for that. So, okay, I didn't see. Did you think that Nikola Vucevic was going to go to the Chicago Bulls? Of all the I teams. thought he was going I thought he was going west and I thought possibly you always Portland think we're going west no I thought he was going I, th- I really thought Portland was going to throw a package like they did for Powell like I thought they were going to try to get like three cents or three quarters on the dollar for him and some sort of like you know big man death thing that was like my my prediction but I knew he was going west or I thought he was going west not new I thought he was going west but I'm just yeah I'm surprised that Chicago I think Chicago's understanding to the fact that I don't think they're going to, they're kind of like almost the Knicks in the sense that they're not going to sign a big free agent. Probably. I think it's like, I feel like we're past that point with Chicago. I think they understand that, but they also understand that they're, that they can, they can't really compete otherwise unless they go out and get a guy like that. And they honestly didn't pay too much for him. If you ask me, I don't think they paid too much for him. They got rid of an auto Porter guy and you know, a guy like Otto Porter that I'm just quite frankly, not that high on never have been since his draft as well as Wendell Carter. I mean, we've been wanting this dude to shoot more since his, his 
senior year in high school. We've been wanting this window Carter guy to sit here and, Oh, he's going to keep doing it. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to have that moment of it. Like he hasn't had it, unfortunately. And I mean, the two first round picks, it is what it is. Those picks aren't going to convey anything crazy. I'm sure. But Vucevic is even Aminu, if they keep him, it's, it's a great trade altogether. Chicago wins this. I don't think it's even close. And all I'm going to say about the magic point is I don't even want to like digress too much on them because they're literally rebuilding a rebuild. It sucks. Well, Sorry, Magic fans, if you are out there. Okay, before I take the time to shine a light on what the Magic have done, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say it, it was interesting because going, like, even right now, Chicago is in a position where they're halfway in between deciding they want to jump in to the mediocre middle pack of the Eastern Conference playoff race or race for the number one pick. Like, they were about three games in between each with their record they could race for number one or jump into the playoff race and i mean i think it's encouraging i like seeing that a team's trying to compete again especially like chicago they're really going for it all here um bringing vucevic and did you say that um it was chicago also got tice no they got aminu they got aminu well that, what was yeah, the other trade that, aminu. uh the other trade that involved the magic or involved the I don't see another Bulls trade. Just kidding. They got Mo Wagner. Uh, I'm just kidding. They got Daniel Tice. Sorry. Okay. So, yeah, they did get Daniel Tice. They're talking about that. Yes, they did. Sorry. I did think it was a bit odd. They went and got two big men. Well, one, I guess they got one whole great big man because they got one that's great at offense and one that's great at defense. I'll tell you what was what was odd about that trade. It has nothing to do with Chicago. It has everything to do with the fact that Boston deciding to get rid of the guy that's been playing. 70% of their center minutes other than Tristan Thompson. And I guess they're going to start Tatum at the five. I don't really know. They're going to start freaking Walker at the five. I, Celtics are going to run out of choices. I mean, unless they thought they were going to get a buyout guy. Did they think they were really in the drama sweepstakes, which we'll cover in a moment? No, probably not. Like, what are they doing? Mo Wagner? Really? Like he was a former Laker. Like there's a reason he's getting like passed around. No question. Like Daniel Tice is a better player than him and he shouldn't be. He shouldn't have left. Like, I just don't understand. Like, Thompson's probably going to turn it on. He's probably, I'm probably going to regret everything I'm saying now. But I just, I'm, I'm confused. That's all. All I'm going to say is I haven't had to compliment a Celtics roster decision this year yet, and I still don't. So I'm not complimenting Evan Fournier, by the way. I'm just saying it's not a bad choice. They made up for it slightly um, in the sense that he's at least a better player off the bench Good than they're having right now. Yeah, he's a better shooter than the guys that they went out and, you know, Pritchard and Eastman, like guys that they thought were going to turn into what Evan Fournier already is eight to 10 years into his career. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm happy. Otherwise, uh, I, if I'm a Celtics fan, I'm not excited for the playoffs. I'm not excited to play Milwaukee or play any, honestly, any other team, quite frankly, that they're going to run them off the floor in probably five games. I mean, if they, if they get in right now, Boston sitting in that sweet play in tournament spot. So, Exactly. I'm scared if I'm a Boston fan right now. Um, granted, I wouldn't want, you know, if I was a team that had to play Boston and play in right now, I mean, who would they be? Who would they be playing right now, technically? Miami in the play. Yeah, no, nah, if I'm Boston, <laughs> I, I want to get out that spot. That's not the team you want to catch right now after after getting in. This is a perfect segue, unless you have something else. We can cover it after. This is a perfect segue. I'm not the guy to say I'd be excited to be playing right now. The victor. Earl Depot, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo led Miami Heat. Holy cow, did we underestimate them? Both of us were on record and we were underestimating them because of the COVID stuff and injuries, and we almost hit the panic button. And I, we knew they'd eventually recover, and they're probably 
I'm not saying they're the favorite in the East, obviously, because you've got the Nets and the Bucks, but they're definitely they're definitely going to ride every bit of the momentum they have from getting a guy like Old Depot and from last year, and they're going to be really scary, and they're honestly going to be a lot more of a competitor than I think we thought originally. So I'm still down on the Heat. Um, yet, Can like I on paper, have more? what? Can I please have more? I want to yeah. know why. So this Butler, Bam, and Depot thing sounds great on paper, and one hundred percent. But people are hanging a lot on Victor Oladipo, who was an all-star. So, I mean, nothing like looking down on Victor Oladipo. The guy was an all-star. I don't know if he's been at that all-star level since he got hurt. And also there's the situation of Miami still doesn't look that great. To be frank, I watched them lose to Charlotte again this week. So unless you're afraid of Charlotte as a contender in the Eastern Conference, I wouldn't be afraid of Miami as one either. Because I'll be frank, Charlotte I don't think Charlotte round. is a contender in the Eastern Conference, and I think they've been decidedly better than Miami this season. One hundred percent. I'm I'm scared to play Charlotte right now. Like I've been on record multiple times to you and to everybody that listens to this podcast, all four hundred of you right now. Shout out to all of you. That I think he's going to be. I think they. Sorry, not he. <laughs> I think they are going to be scary if you play them in that five to eight window. I mean, quite frankly, I don't want them to have a playing game because I think they're going to beat whoever they play. I think they, they, I think they could really scare somebody. Well, it's funny because right now the uh, first round matchup um, at four or five is the what I'm calling the 2020 lottery um, battle um, between <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets and the New York Knicks. So. I love that. I also would like to point out one that I think is going to go under the radar only because of his age and I'm going to, and I think you know where I'm going. Uh, and is this Mr. Ray John Rondo. And I am very clearly very high on Rondo as someone who had to compete against him, whose team had to compete against him uh, in the 08, 09 and 10 playoffs against uh, my Lakers. Uh, he was a best and he was awesome and he was amazing and triple double machine. And he was the best leader for that team outside of Garnett. However, Believe it or not, as much as I think they basically traded for him as a veteran presence, and I almost wish I should have seen this coming when he went to Atlanta. I said that they paid for him, and that was the only reason he went there in the ever-so-famously unreleased two-and-a-half-hour pod that we recorded uh, that will never see the light of day for the second episode in a row we mentioned it. Uh, but Rondo, believe it or not, I think they may miss Lou Will more than they'll need Rondo. I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but Lou Will is going to be a scorer that they may need coming down the stretch off the bench when Pat Beverly's going to be a guard that's going to play a bunch. How are you going to play Rondo and Pat Beverly together? I don't think you are unless you're just, you really want a, a two guard lineup and a, and a two forward lineup and then insert whatever center here. I, I just don't, I don't know if rotationally it's going to make the most sense in the second or third round of the playoffs, but we're going to find out if Lou Will is going to be missed ever so heavily. I think he's going to be missed more than they, I think, realize yet. Well, I know that – so Lou Williams has been playing off the bench, which, big shocker, the greatest sixth man in history is playing off the bench. But, um, yeah, I don't – I mean, I think the Clippers can make it work. The Rondo thing is definitely a we're making this for the playoffs move because in – Flying in the face of all reason, Rajon Rondo somehow becomes one of the top 10 point guards in the NBA once it hits playoff time. He's not that in the regular season, but once it hits playoff time, suddenly he's just unstoppable. So, I mean, I think the Clippers are banking on that happening. And honestly, not (laughs) not a bad bet to take, I don't think. 
are you selling me, hold on, I'm going to back up. I, I agree with you on the playoff record thing. I'm not digressing any more than this, but did Jamal Crawford die and I not realize it? Lou Will, the greatest what? Did Jamal Crawford not, did Jamal Crawford die? Did I miss something? I think Lou Will has an argument to go at Jamal Crawford. He has an argument, but it's not yeah. over yet. He's got to continue to be a good playoff <laughs> player, which I think scares me because now granted, this is, the first time we've been recording since Atlanta is now, I don't even have the, sta- the standings in front of me. Last time I looked at the standings when I was doing Atlanta's some just general weekend research, they were fifth when I looked last time. So fifth, sixth, like there, we, we were writing them off. Like you specifically, even more, we're writing them off about three weeks ago. Now, granted, so was I, we both were, but I did write. Holy them. cow. Yeah. I mean, we did. And look, I mean, the East, we all, we also do, dude, we got to admit though, like, come on. The East is basically like, it's one, two, three, and then just might as well honestly flip a coin for their other eight spots, whatever, right? Other handful of spots. Yeah, after three, it's like that. those next seven teams are like right there. <laughs> yeah. It's next seven. Um, well, I do want to mention this just because I think it is important. Um, so do you agree with Philadelphia going with George Hill in a three-team trade uh, versus going for Kyle Lowry? How close do you think they were? Should they have thrown in Maxi? Whatever you think. Just out of curiosity. Who did uh, Philly give up again? They gave up for George Hill, you mean? Yeah. They So the trade was Philadelphia got George Hill, Brezdakis, and Brezdakis, Iggy Brezdakis. Uh, OKC got Austin Rivers, Tony Bradley, and two second-round picks, and New York got Terrence Ferguson. If I understand that trade correctly, they literally gave up Tony Bradley and two second-round picks. I'm confused what they missed. Like, what am I missing here? How did they, who was George Hill on? I don't even understand now. And what, what, he was on Oklahoma City. He was in Oklahoma City. Mm. So who did they give up in that? Uh, George Hill was in New Orleans. See, I did too. <laughs> what? So they could, um, you're telling me they could have, I mean, okay, now granted, I guess that was advocate here. Did they go with George Hill? Cause they knew they could get him for two cents on the dollar, not 25 cents, I guess. Kyle Lowry, they could have had well, him yeah. on Maxi. I think that's probably, yeah. No. Uh, I think Kyle Lowry, I, based on the rumors I heard, like the prices going there for Kyle Lowry were really high. I heard you rumors about, cause I know the Lakers were looking at Lowry for a period of time. And I heard rumors that the Raptors were trying to grab Dennis Schroeder in a Kyle Lowry trade. So I think the Raptors were just going for an incredibly high price. Lakers Twitter was going bananas because they wanted true out of town so fast if they thought they could get one year of Lowry to secure a championship. And I couldn't have disagreed more. I think Schroeder is better than Lowry right now. Period. Like not like forget like the down the line part right now. Dennis Schroeder is a better player. 100% agree with you. Now Philadelphia, I think their team is fine because how would Lowry fit with Simmons and Embiid? I don't know. I think he would have definitely been the sixth man or the, or the bench point guard. However you want to put that. I just don't see, I just don't see that making sense. And I'm honestly, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised Daryl Morey didn't pull the trigger. Right? He, he's, he 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 knows he's probably going to be in that job for at least a few more years, and he knows Maxie's going to be yeah. pretty good. I'm I'm happy that they didn't go for him. I love Daryl Morey to death. I think he's you know I love and Dork Elvis. Shout out to Dork Elvis. But I'm excited in the sense that I still think they're going to be really good, and I'm glad they didn't give up anything that's going to help them in the playoffs. I think Maxie's going to help them in the playoffs. Uh, last question. Also on, the thing that Ben Simmons also plays point guard. Correct. And that's what I'm saying. It, it, Lowry so we don't been. want to mess up the system too much. 100%. Last question. Is Kyle Lowry the greatest Raptor of all time? Excuse me? 
I don't agree what with it. Let me go after uh, Vince uh, Carter uh, like that. I don't like, agree uh, with it. Let Chris me, Bosch and let me let me go on the record. I don't agree with it, but Twitter <laughs> really, really thought it was the case. I mean, if the, <laughs> like are I'm they so going to argument that he's because he won a title in Toronto? Then if they're going to say Kawhi Leonard's the best raptor ever, one hundred percent. And if they somehow win another one with Van Fleet being the starting point guard in eight years, like Lowry did, when they're going to say Van Fleet Toronto was the greatest raptor all time. If I'm thinking like the guy that I think is the face of the Toronto Raptors when I'm thinking all time, I think Vince Carter. I'm not going to think Kyle Lowry. The only the only caveat I have to that. I agree in the sense that he's he's the face, I think. But the only thing is he basically James Harden his way out of town. He was the James Harden before James Harden was James Harden now in the way of how you got yourself out of town. He basically won one or one or two playoff series in total and said, You trade me or I'm not playing. It was that simple. And I think so that was put a lot of bad the, taste. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not to use the thing for no, I'm not saying that. I just think you do in the greatest player in a team's history conversation, you should at least consider it in that. And I think that is why Lowry is a lot higher on that list. I think a guy that goes underrated there is Damon Stoudemire. He was one of like the first Raptors in terms of he got, you know, he was very early on that team. He was really good, but he's not NBA great. And I don't think he'll be Raptor great either. Just a thought. Anything outside of the trades? I feel like we're like just completely skipping over the fact that Victor Oladipo, like, I mean, I agree with you. I, I don't think. The Heat are going to be good, but I mean, is that you? Is Milwaukee still your pick out of the East? You texted me four days yes. ago. I don't think it changed. Yeah, I didn't think so. As of right now, I like Milwaukee. Then I like Philadelphia. Then I like Brooklyn. I'm glad you came around to Philadelphia, and I think I don't know if that's a perfect transition to talk about Aldridge, but I will say one thing before <laughs> we talk about the buyout since we're a little early. Uh, I do want to say this. Uh, I'm, I've always been high on RJ Hampton and I think it's going to be a really awesome opportunity uh, for him to really fight for some playing time uh, behind Fultz and Anthony and Orlando. I'm excited for him for his new journey. I'm a guy, he's a guy I've always been high on. I've always thought RJ Hampton was going to be a pretty good NBA player so far. I've been wrong, but I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong when he gets down there and actually fights for some playing time. Uh, again, anything else? I think we covered pretty much anything that made sense. Uh, a couple of ones I didn't read was Troy Brown to Chicago for Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchison, which kind of surprised me because those are two Chicago players that have been there quite a while. I guess they were finally ready to get rid of them. Uh, Miami also got Bielitsa as well. And that one's actually pretty big because it's a bench shooter and some depth there. Uh, they only gave up Harkless, so they basically paid five cents for one year at the <laughs> offseason year. Otherwise, I don't think anything major. A shout out to Javel McGee for you know coming back to Denver. I'm sure Denver fans are ever so delighted to watch him run around. He's obviously not <laughs> the same guy he was back then. Honestly, another good thing for Denver for, to have Javel McGee. Absolutely, just deaf man. He's going to be there and he's going to be able to put his hands up and play defense. I mean, that's what it is. He's a great, great player in that sense. Player. Absolutely, he's won rings. Uh, I will say one thing that we kind of brushed over that I just reminded myself about by reading this again. Uh, Dallas is really trying to bolster this ever so band-aid repaired roster with JJ Redick, which by the way, his last year with the Pelicans last year was the first time he ever missed the playoffs. So obviously I think he's going to help them make the playoffs and stay in the playoffs as long as they possibly can. But is he really going to be enough? Uh, Maybe they're trying to just, they realize that they can't replace Seth Curry that easily. So they had to give up their $17 million worth James Johnson Lucas bodyguard, Wesley Wundu in a second round pick. I think they got him for a good price. Well, yeah, James Johnson's not. <laughs> doesn't mean he's way too big a contract 
for what he provides. A Seventeen million dollar bodyguard um, for Luca. But like, so remind me about a month ago we had a ranting podcast where we talked about how the Dallas Mavericks desperately needed a big man. So at the trade deadline, they traded for JJ Redick. Yes. <laughs> Essentially, the new generation. And I'm about to say the new generation version of this guy is not retired yet. So I don't know why I'm about to say this with the new generation version of Kyle Corver. Yeah, it's crazy to think Kyle Corver's not retired. It's a good point. Uh, what <laughs> I will say, like he should have been. I am going to throw this out there. I'm not going to say I'm plugged in in any way, but I am on Twitter a lot and I'm on a lot. Of, you know, I follow a lot of people that cover a lot of the different NBA teams. One that I really thought was going to happen, and I'm glad it didn't because it would have broken my heart. I really think Dallas thought they were getting Drummond. Uh, if you remember a couple of years ago uh, when Drummond was originally available, they were the front runner to, you know, sign him upcoming. If they did, they were really going to try to go after him like they did DeAndre Gordon, as well as they really thought they were going to get him in a trade a few years ago. Um, I think it came pretty close uh, in, in the offseason, but. I think Dallas was truly thinking they were going to get Andre Drummond. I, I didn't see a ton about it, but I definitely, I definitely saw some stuff about it. And I was really not surprised that he picked LA and ultimately, because of all, I don't think Aldridge wanted that. It's had anything to do with it, which we can just totally transition into that. If you don't have anything else about the trades, but I think they truly thought they were getting Drummond. Yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of teams thought they were getting Drummond to be fair. Um, a lot of teams wanted it for good reason, but um, Hey, props to the Lakers. They went out and got, borderline the best rebounder in the NBA other than Clint Capella over the last five years definitely has been yeah. uh if you follow him on Twitter or if you are on Twitter I know you're on our account obviously a ton so am I the thing is we should have known Drummond was going to the Lakers a long time ago because oh, I knew that. he 100 <laughs> he tweeted in yeah. 2011 in 2011 he tweeted and I quote I would love to one day play with Mr. King James <laughs> He tweeted uh, with or against, to be fair. With or he did say that, but yeah. I mean, it is what it is. He, yeah. he had the choice he chose. I mean, he was going to go to a contender. And I mean, he's been, I mean, in Detroit most of his career through a post, um, a post Billups Wallace Detroit for his entire career. Um, hey, let him go to a place where he's going to play in the playoffs. I appreciate you for just throwing me free Detroit Pistons lobs. I, I just, it's, it's like, you know what to do now. Like, it's like you, you understand me, you understand me and you know, to throw me free Detroit Pistons lobs, the terrible Pistons. Anyway, next, <laughs> I think we already started um, talking about so Drummond. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the Aldridge thing. Okay. Cause when I saw Aldridge sign with Brooklyn one, I wasn't that surprised, but it was just kind of the first thing that popped in my mind kind of made me laugh, but it's also does seem, because I'm not high on Brooklyn, and this will, with what I thought of here, will make you understand why. With them now getting Aldridge, this feels like to me that offseason where the Lakers went and signed Steve Nash and Dwight Howard um, to bring in with Kobe and Powell. This thing that just looks like the most you're, – you're upset right now. It looks like the most ridiculous lineup that nobody can stop on paper, and it just bombs hard. And it just – and with Steve Nash being the coach of the Nets, it just all feels so familiar. <laughs> Does I it still not have. Uh, yes, I still have somewhere in the bottom drawer of some desk <laughs> somewhere – I still have that Sports Illustrated cover with the with Kobe, Steve Nash, and Dwight Howard on it. 
and I want to yeah, find him now. Best player on that, that team Powell, and they didn't even put him on the cover. I know. I want to find that cover after you mentioning this and burn that. Took forever to get rid of that memory because I thought I had lived that memory down. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, I think Aldridge going to the Nets. I agree with you. If it, I was surprised. I really was actually. I'll be honest. Because then again, I don't really know where he was going. I, I had heard Miami a ton. I'd seen Miami a ton. Like I, I'd seen Miami all over the place, which after looking back at it, I really don't think that would have made sense. But he was always going to him. insert contender here, which and nowadays that usually just means Brooklyn or one of the LA teams. Right. I'm surprised though. Like it seems like the Clippers don't. I mean, obviously they went out and got Rondo, but I mean, I just, I'm surprised they didn't make a bigger splash. I mean, I feel like that team was – they're not falling apart by any means, but are they truly the contender we thought? Maybe George and Kawhi can pull it out. Um, I would say I don't think that the Clippers are worse than we thought. I think the West is better than I thought because I didn't see Utah and Phoenix being as good as they are. Uh, so I will say this. Since – unless – do you have anything else about either the trade deadline or the buyouts? Anything major? No, I think that covers it all. Okay, you already said favorite in the East, favorite in the West. For me, Utah. So you st- so right now it's Utah, Milwaukee for you. As of right now, that could change. I am going to stick. Man, I almost just. I had LA. I had LA Brooklyn pretty early on. If I want to stick with LA Brooklyn so bad, but I'm going to tell you why this. I'm going to I'm going to deviate from that. Right now, just based on how teams are playing and who I'm believing in and who I think can get it done, if everyone's healthy, I think I would love to see, and I think it actually may happen, I'm going to say Phoenix and Philadelphia. Mm. That'd be interesting. Solely based on health of Embiid and Paul. Yeah. Before we go to trivia, I do have one more thing that's not NBA that I think we need to mention before we move into trivia. Uh, As of one minute ago, Houston – reaches its first Final Four since 1984 with a 67-61. Close game, by the way, uh, whenever 12 seed Oregon State. Shout out to Oregon State for making it that far. No one thought they were going to make it that far. Pac-12 champ. Pac-12 is disgusting. UCLA obviously beat Alabama. UCLA's got a trip to make it to the Final Four coming up here soon. Um, just wanted to mention that because this we will not be mentioning college basketball in this pod otherwise probably. Eh. Um, so so what we're saying is that this is the first Houston team since Iceland <laughs> Jim to make the Final Four. I'll hold for applause. I'll hold for applause. Thank you. I'm not editing applause, and I can tell you that. Um, So, I called it. That's all I'm saying. This team, hey, they scared you in the first round, did they not? But they, oh yeah, absolutely. I was not confident after the first weekend. Now, look, good thing their whole division fell apart. (laughs) Their whole region fell apart. Um, They, they do look really good. I think they're going to scare Baylor if Baylor makes it. I think they're going to really give Baylor that's gonna be a heck of a game uh, I did mention that because we aren't going to cover it like I said we're not going to cover any of the Sweet 16 Elite Eight because we're just gonna most exciting part's going to be the Elite Eight and the Final Four and we'll actually be recording the night of the championship either prior or after the game so um, you'll hear our opinions on the end of the college basketball season next week what you got for trivia unless you got something else for me all right trivia time so where the scoreboard currently stands I lead one nothing uh, I did not get enough of the right answers last week on Trevor's Elgin Baylor question and he did not get the most minutes played. I believe a couple back, he didn't realize that Julius Randle had played more than anyone in the NBA. Um, but I'm giving Trevor the opportunity to score three points this week. I think he'll probably take the lead over me, but we will see. I don't think he'll get all three. 
so record wise, I'm zero and one because this is my second trivia, correct? Yes. And you're one and one. Got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Overall record wise, I do want to track it. I think it'd be kind of okay. fun. I'm excited. So, you'll get a win on the record if you get all of these right. But for scoreboard purposes, and I, I expect a trivia question next week with more than one point opportunity. Just to let you know. There. <laughs> I got um, you. But you're gonna have an opportunity for three points. Um, I wanted to do something in the theme of the podcast trade wise, and I could not find anything that I thought was difficult enough. So it has nothing because, to do with that. <laughs> because I have a pretty, I will say, I think I have a pretty good NBA history brain when it comes to like trades and signings. I think I'm pretty good. So this stuff. is just a weird random fact. <laughs> Great. Here we go. In 1987, 1988, in the NBA, um, what the heck? <laughs> okay. In the 1987-88 season, one team in the NBA rostered both the tallest and shortest NBA players in NBA history at the Easy. same time. You can stop right there. So, no, you can stop the right there. Question, so you know what you have to answer, the three parts. Go ahead. You have to name both players. The and team? The name of the team that year. Okay. I'm going to show. I can, I can probably name their heights too. Would you like me to name their heights for a bonus fourth point? You get Wait, both this- heights right, you get the bonus fourth point. Wait, so this is a three point. So if I get the team, the people and like, so hold on. So this is the only question. Am I understanding that right? Yep. Okay. It's Muggsy Bogues and Manute Ball. Okay. You got two points. That's, that's point number one. get those right. That's point one and two, right? They were the Washington, they were the Washington Bullets. Oh, there you go. And they are seven foot six and five foot three. Look it up. I am, give me my points. So you got three points. Um, <sighs> Manute Ball is seven, seven. Oh, he no, was. he's taller than Yao Ming. Who, was who am I thinking about? The, oh, that's, uh, no, I'm thinking about somebody else. Who am I? Oh, Taco's 7'6", isn't he? I think that. I'm thinking about Taco. I think that, maybe that's what five. I was thinking, 7'6". He's Yao most recent. Seven, okay, well, that's probably what I was thinking of. Dang it, man. Hey, you probably didn't think I'd get that, but you know the only reason I got I thought that? You would, I did not think that you would know that it was the Washington Bullets. There's a famous photo of them in, in a Bullets uniform. It's oh, I'm looking at it. Probably before. Yeah, it's the photo I'm referring to. Yep, with the three basketballs, there it is. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly why I got that question. Um, well, awesome. So, what is so technically points wise? Three to okay, one. Okay, so what are we at now? It's three to one. Although I technically yeah, I'm think I should get one point for knowing Will Chamberlain last week, but that's just me. <laughs> you can have it. That's fine. Okay, well, we're doing overall two. record of the. We're doing overall yeah, record. Yeah, overall of the series, record. Though. We're both one and one. But we'll call it three to two. Yeah, points. yeah, that's fine. We'll we'll do a season tally. How about that? Uh, I do want to end with this and because I think it's always good, you know, with the world, you know, with a lot of crazy things. When I do want to end something with something positive, unless you've got something else. Car Anthony Sr. attended his first game since his wife Jacqueline died from COVID-19 this uh, today. And I thought that was really neat. And the video kind of put me into a, you know, put me into a, a, a better feeling state of mind seeing that. I thought that was really neat after all the struggles the cat and his family went through. Just wanted to say shout out to cat and shout out to uh, shout out to their family. I thought that was really neat. Anything else? No, I think that's there's no better way to end the podcast than on that one. All right. So. Well, officially the shortest episode of the Two Pointers podcast at some 30-odd minutes. Uh, I'm excited to cover college basketball, whether it's right after the Final Four, I think it'd be fun, or right before, how it, however we end up doing it. And I think it'll be really, really cool regardless. Uh, we get to kind of very happily put a bow on the end of the college basketball season that we – quite frankly, two, two months ago, we might not have thought it would have been completed, and I'm happy to say that we did. Round it out. This has been the Two Pointers Podcast. I'm John. I'm Trevor. <laughs> and we will see you soon. See ya.